This podcast is offered by Black Mountain Zen on the web at blackmountainzen.org. All public offerings are made possible by the kind donations from people like you. Okay, good evening. I'm going to give a, a talk this evening about a Zen coin and it's interesting in a way within the spirit of Zen it's kind of a heretical thing to do you know it's like why don't you say something about that which goes beyond language and ideas uh, but sure why not um, the strange way in which we um, we navigate our lives by our ideas of what reality is and uh, some intentionality as to how we're going to relate to it all. Uh, and what I intend to talk about tonight is that uh, there's a mysterious way in which uh, we know and then part of the mystery is we don't act like we know and uh, sometimes we don't know what we know. Paul, that makes sense to you? And, uh, but I want to start with a poem by William Stafford. Uh, which is very interestingly called, You Reading This, Be Ready. <laughs> Starting here, what do you want to remember? How sunlight creeps along a shining floor? What scent of old wood hovers? What softened sound from outside fills the air? Will you ever bring a better gift for the world than the breathing respect that you carry wherever you go right now? Are you waiting for a time to show you some better thoughts? When you turn around, starting here, lift this new glimpse. Could you open the door? Thanks. When you turn around, starting here, lift this new glimpse that you find. Carry into the evening all that you want from this day. This interval you spent reading or hearing this, keep it for life. Can anyone give you greater than now? Starting here, right in this room, when you turn around. Do you get all that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I got distracted by the tour bus. So okay. Okay. When you turn around, like the difference between some part, some way, we're acting like we know what we're doing and we know what's going on. In some way, we're sort of driven. 
It's almost like there's a hand on your back pushing you. You know, that uh, you're pushed by your own desires and aversions and, and urgency of your own being. And then the image in, in, in Buddhism about waking up, and specifically in Zen, you turn around and see what's going on. And this week I'd been mentioned that uh, wise old Northern Ireland saying, catch yourself on. <laughs> no. <clears throat> catch yourself on. Really? Someone said to me recently that his 80-year-old mother said, uh, and now I wonder, why was I so angry about all this time? You know? <laughs> what have I been making all this fuss about? Like I knew what had happened, or what didn't happen, or what should have happened. that kind of introspection that happens when you turn around. So that's the sense of turning around. You, you, you turn around and look at what's going on. And you know, it gives us some clues about uh, what's been going all this on all this time. And we start to see, in a way, we're a mystery to ourselves. And then just to compound the mystery, think of those times when you did sort of catch yourself on, or something happened, and it brought you into the moment. You know? Sometimes it's tragedy, you know? Uh, recently I was relating to someone, and they were, uh, they seem to be angry at everything and everyone, uh, maybe even themselves. And then they discovered that they had cancer. And uh, you'd think, you know, your rational mind would say, well, maybe that would just make you more angry. And, you know, maybe it does sometimes. But, um, something in them just totally softened. It was a little bit like, oh, wait a minute. It's getting angry and being pissed off at everything, the most important thing. Uh, acting like you're going to live forever, so for now you can just spend your time 
grumbling and groaning. What turns you around to catch yourself on? And then sometimes it's wonder. You know, just out of nowhere, literally, uh, you're brought into the moment with the kind of freshness and innocence. And fortunately, nature does that for us a lot. And when we're turned around like that, sometimes something just sort of bubbles up. Uh, and then sometimes that which bubbles up has an, a very interesting quality to it. It's like, yeah, right. It's like, of course I know that. I've always known that. And then almost paradoxically, it's almost like a surprise. Huh. That insight. Like an 80-year-old woman saying, huh, what have I been angry at all this time? I know better than that. You reading this, be ready. Starting here, what do you want to remember? Yeah, what do you want to remember? Do you want to remember all the things that hurt you? I remember when I was in sixth grade and Tommy stole my favorite ball. Or do you want to remember the time uh, you lost your money and Tommy gave you half of his? What do you want to remember? Do you want to remember the way your parents or your children or your siblings uh, didn't quite behave in the way you wanted? Or maybe, in a very blatant way, didn't behave the way you wanted. You know. What just popped into my mind was, uh, one Christmas, I think I was probably about 12 or 13, my mother bought my father a tie as a Christmas present. And he took the present and he made some kind of off comment. That part I don't remember. So my mother just whipped it out of his hand and threw it in the fire. <laughs> you know, but one thing I've learned is that, you know, you can say things like that out loud because most of us came from families that did weird and terrible things. <laughs> I, doubt, 
I'm like, the only one who comes from a family that <laughs> behaved in some way other than deeply compassionate. <laughs> what do you want to remember? The past like a scrapbook where you keep your chosen memories. Oh yeah, let me look at that one again. funny, the painful ones, uh, I think most of us, like just the way that popped into my head, I had no idea about that, it just suddenly appeared. Yeah. Fortunately there's enough space and time between then and now that uh, it's just a curiosity. Starting here, what do you want to remember? And then of all weird and wonderful things, he suggests, how sunlight creeps along a shining floor, what scent of old wood hovers, what softened sound from outside fills the air. Will you ever bring a better gift for the world than the breathing respect that you carry wherever you go right now? Hmm. That way we know the world is precious. That way we know being alive that despite all the stuff that rattles through our mind and our heart, there's a way in which uh, being alive is precious. And when cancer reaches out and says, well, maybe I'll just take you right now Hmm. Let's talk about that. Let's see what the alternative is. Are you waiting for time to show you some better thoughts? When you turn around, starting here, lift this new glimpse that you find. Carry into the evening all you want from this day. This interval you spent reading or hearing this, keep it for life. No. Keep it for life. Keep it as a teaching about living. Keep it as a lesson about living. Keep it as a remembrance of what you already know about living. How can anyone give you greater than now? Starting here, right in this room, when you turn around, 
when you turn around and let now be now okay so here's the koan and it's remarkably similar to that poem maybe he read the koan and then decided to write the poem who knows it's by Yunman uh, Yunman said this between heaven and earth within the universe there is one treasure there's one treasure in this life there's one treasure that holds all the treasures you know being alive holds all the treasures that a life has you know it holds all the interactions that a life has it holds the times when you were absolutely certain about everything and the times when you were to totally lost um, there was one treasure between heaven and earth within the universe there's one treasure it's hidden in a mountain of form the word form there um, means uh, a mountain of particulars this life we're living is just a big mass a big mountain of details tell me everything that's happened to you up to now and tell me every response you had to it and tell me all the people that were part of the drama of your life and tell me all the news you heard and read in the newspaper and the songs and the music you listened to on the radio a mountain of details and even though Google is doing its best to capture them all and store them somewhere <laughs> it's even bigger than that <laughs> it's hidden in a mountain of form and then here's his Zen instruction You take the light, enter the Buddha hall. You take it to the temple gate and place it up high. The Buddha famously said, be a light unto yourself. Mm this light that illuminates what's going on you know? we could say 
it's the light of awareness. And if that sounds too uh, onerous, we could just say, it's the light of noticing. You know? Just notice what's already happening. Just notice now whether you're breathing in or breathing out. Just notice your state of mind. Notice the silence between the crescendo of the car signs as they pass by. Or as Stafford said, just notice. Just notice how the light creeps along the shining floor. That scent of old wood hovers. What softening sound from outside fills the air? And those moments, uh, something in us is undone. It's not like in those moments, okay, now I got it. Now I know the whole story. Now I know everything. Now I have it all figured out. Now I know exactly what to do. Who to hate and who to love. Who to reward and who to punish. Funnily enough, it's a whole lot simpler than that. It's like when you're, when you're with someone and you just feel close and you get where they're at, you know? Like when I was talking to that person who had cancer. It's like, of course, there's things that could be said but uh, just being with someone. Here you go. A whole new adventure that you didn't ask for. And you'd probably rather not have. But you've always known that this life didn't go on forever. You've always known that even though something within you uh, is determined to live and makes your best effort at it, you've always known it doesn't always go exactly the way you expect it. No? We know that, and then that 
details unfold and totally illustrate the truth of that and we're shocked. I'm not going to live forever? That's really upsetting news. You know, I'm shocked, stunned, and not sure what to do next. And then this Zen statement. You take your light entering the Buddha Hall. The Buddha Hall is uh, the place of awakening, you know, which of course is every place, which of course is now. You take your light and just shine it on now, whatever now is, you know, whether you're delighted with it, where you're really resentful about it, where you're frightened, take your light and enter the Buddha hall. Take your light and be what's happening. Enter it, experience it. You've never been separate from it. You've never been anywhere else but the Buddha hall. Maybe it's time to stop acting like you don't know. Maybe it's time to stop acting like you don't care. Hmm? Hmm. Take your light and enter the Buddha hall. Take it to the temple gate, your light, and hang it up. Uh, the temple gate is, um, it, the te everything comes and goes through now. Is the gate allowed to swing freely? You know? is, is what's happening allowed to happen and come and go? Are we seeing it coming and going? Oh. Another day in this so-called life has passed. How much of it I, can I remember? How about this for a thought? In, uh, it's generally considered there's about six experiences every second, you know? Um, just in this day, since uh, since you got up this morning, 
how many things have happened and how much of it do you remember how much do you even remember of that 30 minute period of zazen How much do you even remember of the thoughts and feelings that occurred today that you thought, that's really important, that you responded to with a certain kind of emotional intensity? No. Not to say that, that we should beat ourselves up and think, oh, I should have remember I should remember a whole lot more from this precious gift of a single day. Uh, no more to uh, a deep patience with what it is to be human. No. There you go. I just had the thought of my ma throwing my dad's tie in the fire. Huh. The dramas of life. funny. I don't remember what you bought him the year before. And I don't remember uh, how he responded. You know, what a terrible person I am. You know, when we turn around and we don't know, and we look at it with wonder, um, it's hard to get all wound up and think that's shocking. What terrible parents I had. What a difficult life. What a terrible person I am. It's like uh, it feels like those are foolish notions have those kind of adamant judgments about anything. So Yunman says, hang your lab, hang your light at the door of life that everything passes through. You know, we can think awareness, we can think waking up, we can think of realizing and savoring the, the vitality, vitality of each moment. We can think of it as some kind of um, ephemeral or precious jewel that we should be able to 
in our diligence take hold of. Uh, but really it's more that we just catch ourselves on and let go of all the hang-ups we're bringing to it and just let it happen. Huh. Imagine that thought coming up right now. Would it have been better if I'd have kept it a dark, guilty secret about the dysfunction of my family? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> no. But we, it's like when we give it space, it's just another kind of uh, extraordinary detail of being alive. So let me just end by reading this poem by Stafford again. Because to me, he's doing his darndest to uh, bring forth the same message. You, reading this, be ready. Starting here, what do you want to remember? I mean, if that doesn't scund you, what will? <laughs> Starting here. What do you want to remember? How sunlight creeps along a shining floor? What scent of old wood hovers? What softened sound from outside filled the air? Will you ever bring a better gift for the world than the breathing respect that you carry wherever you go right now? Are you waiting for time to show you some better thoughts? When you turn around starting here, lift this new glimpse that you find. Carry into evening all that you want from this day. This interval you spent reading or hearing this, keep it for life. What can anyone give you greater than now? Starting here, right in this room, when you turn around. So there you go. That's Zen. <laughs> Thank you. Can I say that I think your mother gave you a wonderful present? She did? Yeah. Now, what would prompt you to say that? Because here, all these years afterwards, it's still there as strong as ever, the image of the tie being thrown in the fire. Actually, you know, I can't remember the last time I thought of that, but just for some <laughs> peculiar reason, it just popped right into my head. It's such a dramatic thing to do, a wonderful thing, wonderful action, strong, powerful. Whoa. Hmm. I'm amazed. You're amazed? <laughs> Uh, maybe you didn't know my mother. <laughs> Let's say she was uh, quite gifted at expressing her uh, dissatisfaction. <laughs>
<laughs> or maybe she was good at uh, reminding my father uh, that whenever he receives the gift, the first word should be, thank you very much, dear, that's lovely. <laughs> Rather than remarking on some detail that didn't quite meet the excellence he was expecting. <laughs> but thanks for that. But don't you think it's interesting, you know? You can recall something from the past and, and something in you can wince. Like, or, or, or just kind of cringe a little bit. Or you can take the very same experience and go, hmm, you know. How about that? And then I would say to you, what does that kind of sensibility teach you about meditation? No? What does that kind of sensibility teach you about mindfulness? No? It's just that inclination within us to kind of uh, Okay, well, if this is important, I should get serious and I should, like, do it, you know, dutifully, determinedly, and get the right result. It's all a lot more immediate and simple, you know. I would say, reflect on those moments where something in you felt quiet and opened. You know, you think, huh? What the image that just popped into my mind was uh, my sister died about five years ago. And uh, we had the funeral somewhere up the St. Field Road in a church I can't remember the name of. But the image was getting out of the car in the parking lot and it had just stopped raining. And I looked over and there was my nephew and there was my sister's husband's brother getting out of their cars. And I hadn't seen either of them. I have an affection for both of them. I hadn't seen either of them for a while. And it was kind of uh, a bittersweet moment thinking, oh, isn't that the way, you know? Something that we'd really every one of us would prefer not to have happened, has happened and brought us together. 